What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. We are back. It is Thursday. You're still here. Hey. Holy shit. You guys are... the door behind you guys? Dude, you guys are awesome. (laughs) I fucking love you. No, thanks for coming by, guys. We appreciate it very much so. Uh, It is Thursday, and we're ready to kick it off for one of our movies I've learned to appreciate a little bit more over this last watching. We watched the original Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and then we ended up watching the remake, and we're going to break it down for you as to what we think, and this is their face-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre face-off. Got your face. <laughs> Got your face. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, we're dorks. Um, But, yeah, we're going to be talking about that. So if you guys already know, you probably know that we already, uh, that I actually streamed some live video gameplay uh, this uh, between Monday and today. So if you want to check that out, we'll have a link below. You can check that out on longlivethevoid.com as well uh, or our YouTube page or wherever. Whatever is convenient for you. Also, as a reminder, we mentioned this on Monday, we are still doing the giveaway contest where we're going to give you some Blu-rays. Also, another giveaway, Other Halves DVD giveaway. So I'd like to give a congratulations to... Drumroll, Len, at Lenco20 on Twitter. For winning the free DVD of Other Halves. Um, Congratulations to you for doing that. We will have already hit you up through the Twitter feed uh, into your private messages to send that out to you, and we'll get your information and everything like that. So thank you so much for participating to all of you. We'll, if we get any other giveaways like that in the future, we'll let you know. So, we'll watch them first, and then we'll send them to you. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's about that time that we jump into our flesh and potatoes of our the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Face off. All right, so I think the only way that we can do this properly is probably to go in chronological order of when these movies came out. Yeah. So I think that's befitting. We give the honorary title to the original masterpiece known as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So we're going to go ahead and kick it off with this one. It came out in 1974. The story is about two siblings visit their grandfather's grave in Texas along with three of their friends and are attacked by a family of cannibalistic psychopaths. Oh, my. Yeah. So the original title, by the way, of this was called Leatherface, believe it or not. And then they changed it to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which everybody that was doing the movie when they were making it, they were calling it Leatherface. Oh, really? Yeah. And they some some of the some of the guys like Daniel Pearl and Gunnar Hansen were very upset about the fact that it got changed to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I think it in the in the long run, I think it works out. I think it ha- has a better ring to it. Right. It's kind of like you know Friday the Thirteenth. Like we know it's Jason, but it's Friday the Thirteenth. You know? Right. Or Nightmare on Elm Street. We know it's Freddy, but at least you can kind of <laughs> spawn those off into two. You know? Right. Right. 
It was directed by Toby Hooper, who also did some of the music, actually, in this, and the writing. So he was a writer in that. Well, was it so much music? Well, he did some of the sound engineering for the movie. Yes, there we go. Sounds better. Um, It was also written by Kim Henkel. And as I mentioned before, Daniel Pearl did the cinematography, who did a really good job, actually. Oh, really? Really? He was like 23 years old when he did this movie. There was just some amazing shots in here. Right. Some of the starring roles, you have Marilyn Burns, who played Sally. She was in Eaten Alive and Helter Skelter. She was also uh, did some bit parts in two of the other uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, Next Generation and the 2013 3D one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She just is a, as an extra. The Next Generation one, that was the one with... Uh, what's Matthew his, McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Where he had the weird mechanical leg. Yeah, with the remote that he could never get it to work right. Dude, I remember, <laughs> I remember when he stomped on her head. Oh, yeah. And she squealed or whatever. <laughs> like, I was like, Jesus. But, unfortunately, Marilyn Burns actually passed away August 5th, 2014, so just about three years ago. It also starred Paul A. Partain, who played Franklin, who was the guy in the wheelchair. Also, he did a bit part in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation as well. Right. Which came out in 1994, if you guys aren't familiar. And he also did a movie called Race with the Devil that came out in 1975. So, also another... Actor was v- William Val, who played Kirk, who has always actually been kind of like a set decorator after his career as an actor, which is weird because I didn't think he was that bad. Yeah. Uh, he did a few bit parts in Poltergeist and Mausoleum as well. Edwin Neal, who was the hitchhiker guy, he was in movies like Future Kill, 1985. Uh, he did a lot of voice work in a lot of anime later on. He did Black Lion, Ninja Resurrection TV show, the Jubia Yagu series. Oh, yeah? The TV show, yeah. Wow. For Ninja Scrolls, basically. Uh, He also was in the movie My Boyfriend's Back from 1993, but lots of anime and lots of video game work. So he became... He was the crazy guy that cut Franklin in the car, or in the van. Jim Seidel, who plays the old man, who is technically the brother, but everybody considers him to be the father. Right. Because he looks like he's really old. He's older, yeah. Yeah. He came back for part two, and then uh, he passed away, actually, November 20th of 2003. Hmm. Thought he did a really good job, though. And of course, last but definitely not least, Gunnar Hansen, who epitomized what Leatherface would become for the rest of the franchise. He basically created him. He was also in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Campfire Tales, Mosquito, Freak Show, Hatred of a Minute. He was also in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D as like a guy named Sawyer, just as a bit part. He passed away November 7th, 2015. So not too long ago, which is kind of sad. Yeah. This movie came out technically on October 1st, 1974, and it actually had a budget of just under $300,000, which is kind of high for back then, uh, but not really. Most movies nowadays are like, yeah, you need at least $20 million to make, $15, $20 million to make a AAA like, major movie right well they definitely made their money back yeah over 30.8 million dollars in the box office so they did really well for this movie is one of the most successful horror movies of all time um for you know the amount of money they spent on it you know it's pretty much like blair witch or something right you know like something like that although that's probably made a lot more technically probably but the times have changed this isn't like 1974 so what did you think about the movie Oh, dude, it's just a classic. And rewatching it, you just realize why, you know? It's like, because I haven't seen it in probably about eight years. Really? It's, it's been, been a while a for me, a too. a long time, yeah. And then I watched it, I was like, oh, wow. Everything, especially like you were saying, the sound design, dude. Amazing. Yeah, they did some pretty cool different things with it, yeah. <laughs> I love that sound, yeah. But they made it sound like the flash bulb. Right. I think it was amazing, though. I oh, mean, yeah. They practically had no gore, so it wasn't like this over-the-top, gory, fucking scary fucking movie. It was just scary, and it was violent and fucking raw. Yep. In your face, fucking. It showed horror movies that you could be fucking nutso with this shit. And I think they did a really good job. You know, even rewatching it now, it's like, man, I I don't know why I haven't watched this in as long as I have. Like, right. I feel kind of like, like, what what am I thinking? Like we like, cheated on the movie. Like. <laughs> I think I've just always been kind of a, like a Friday the th- or Nightmare on Elm Street fan. 
Right. And I always liked the creativity of it, and I kind of grew up in the 80s and stuff like that, so I kind of probably miss the whole full, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel. Because when that movie came out, it fucking scared people. Yeah, it was, people walked out during the fucking viewing of it. It was violent as fuck, man. Right. I can't even, like, just, just the first time you see Leatherface and he slaps that guy on the head and he starts shaking like that, people didn't know what that was even. Right. Because like, like, they the never fuck? showed it in a movie, dude. Right. You know, they never showed the fact that, you know, a piece of the brain can be punctured by the skull and cause your body to go into convulsions. So people didn't know that. That's like how old this is. Like, that's how brutal it was for some people. Right. So they didn't really realize what that was all about. I think it's a really good movie, man. It definitely is up there with all the classics. And rightfully so. Yeah, like Night of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. It has its place. It it did stuff with film that nobody had ever seen like that before. That was like pure, unbridled violence. (laughs) And there was hardly any blood. That just blows me away. That there's like, they were like joking about it in the the commentary. They're like, oh, I think it was like two ounces. Right, right, right. Because, like, like one of the most graphic scenes is when Franklin gets cut the fuck up, and there's literally a guy just flicking blood on, on his face, on, on his face yeah. for the cup, and then he just eventually threw the cup. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I simply like it just because it's it's. I don't even. I don't want to disrespect the movie, but it's simple. It's, no, it's, no, I think that's right. It's very simplistic. It's. Uh, very artsy when you look at some of these shots this guy put together it's very i don't know it just got a feel to it daniel pearl daniel pearl that god you're genius with some of these <laughs> shots dude i'm jerking you off right now but seriously dude um i think i really just in the characters i don't think they could have found a better cast i don't know if the see that's where the, the like i thought that the conversations and the dialogue was a little spotty a little spotty yeah, I don't. I don't think it was like. But I like. I just love how they bring stuff around. Like when they pick up the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker freaks him the fuck out, and they ask him to come to dinner. Oh yeah. And he's like Ed Neal. Right, and he's like, they're like, no, we were in a hurry. And then later on, he comes home and finds out that they got one of the bitches in the house, and he's like, I thought you were in a hurry. Like, love that scene. Yeah. I just love how they bring it back, and he's. Uh, anyways, it's a great movie, great cinematography, and most importantly, the sound design is on point. Okay. I, I just think it's like so raw. Yeah. I don't think people were expecting that kind of movie, and then it, it freaked people out. That whole scene where, fucking, like I said, when you first see Leatherface, the guy walks in, just suddenly the door opens, the fu- or he pops out, smacks him in the head, and then slams that fucking door shut, like slides it shut. It's probably one of the most iconic scenes from he the movie. He is so angry when he shuts that fucking right. door, dude. It's like, whoa. And it was like, I don't know, man. Like, as a kid, seeing someone shaking on the ground like that was kind of frightening. Yeah. Like, what is happening? I don't understand the world now. (laughs) You know, like something... Why am I pissing in my mouth? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Part of the influence of this movie, first of all, guys, was definitely influenced by Ed Gein. The funny thing is, is that Toby Hooper did not know the name of the guy that he grew up listening to these stories in Wisconsin, apparently. Like, he said that he had heard stories about guys turning people's skin into lampshades and, like, nipple belts and weird shit like that. Which is funny, though, because Ed Ed Gaines, Mm -hmm. or Ed Gaines, however you want to say it, only killed two people. Oh, yeah, because he dug up a lot of corpses and shit. Yeah, it was a lot of corpses, and there was a girl who came over his house he was infatuated with. Mm-hmm. And that led to a cop coming over because, you know, I can't remember the full story, but he right. killed the cop and the girl. Well, there was a lot of stories around those parts back in the day. Right. And right, he right. remembered those parts, but didn't know the guy's name. Like, as he got older, he just remembered hearing these stories. And he said that it was one of the reasons that kind of inspired this whole movie and why it started it. So that's, you know, thanks to some crazy murderer guy, <laughs> I guess. But... <laughs> You know what's funny? You, know, you said that I remember off, off off the mic. You said that you loved Franklin's character, the guy in the wheelchair. Oh, he's one of my favorite people in the movie. Okay, why do you like him? I just like how he's just—he's kind of condescending. He's kind of a jerk, but he's lighthearted and funny at the same time. Probably one of my favorite scenes. So you don't have to come to me for this one, but I'm gonna mention right now. No, what? No, <laughs> we're not doing favorite scenes yet. But no, I, I just. I really like I like his dialogue. I like his his persona. He was an enjoyable character for me. Right. It's when he's left downstairs by himself. Oh, and he's spitting his tongue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, supposedly he was mentally handicapped. 
Well, it didn't seem like he was mentally handicapped. Supposedly, in the movie. he was though. Really? Like he was supposed to be. He didn't come but off. But this that is way. like in the seventies. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I, I mean, he was in a wheelchair, but he didn't act like he was mentally right. handicapped. Well, apparently, Toby Hooper said that Franklin, the guy who played the actor um, Paul A. Partain, was like really annoying <laughs> like behind the camera like behind off off camera i guess i was listening to the commentary on the 40th or well it's an actual an old uh commentary from one of the other dvds but he was like he said that franklin the actor was whining a lot on the set and he couldn't wait for him to die because <laughs> then he would leave the set which is funny because he was like one of the la- probably the last character to die well i mean when they shot this movie it was in the dead of summer right like, in the middle of it, like, in the thick of summer. So everybody was really hot and sweaty. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just, like, ridiculously, like, uncomfortable. So that just raises your elevation of temp- your anger and temperament. When I, was, when I was searching through the trivia, I remember reading something about this guy, who I think he was part of the film crew, who said it was the worst experience of his life. Really, and he'd been to World War or to been to Nam. Really, I think it was yeah, and I was like, that's some, that's a, that's a statement. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why? Yeah. What did he say was bad about it? He just said it was just bad because apparently where they're shooting, they had lots of old rotten meat and shit like that. Yeah, they actually hung, or no, no, they did that in the in the the seek or the remake as well. Right, but he said it was just the smell and the heat. It was just, just right. got awful. Well, I had heard that one of the production guys was like, had found like a, a dead cow and they were like trying to load it up on a truck or something like that what? so that they could use it in the movie. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, oh, but yeah, no, it was pretty bad. I, but yeah, that's, I don't know. I thought that was funny. Yeah. It's like, we got to use this. Apparently, but like I'm listening to this commentary though, and the guy who played Franklin, they were kind of like making fun of him the whole fucking time. I mean, I know it's like in a jovial, fun way, right, right, right. But like you could tell that it was like, man, that was not a good experience for a lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you know, something to point out in the opening of the movie, even John Larroquette was the voice, and he was like, "You need to sound like Orson Welles," and he was like, "Okay." And then he did it, and he was like, of course, it sounded like John Larroquette. Right. But I couldn't do anything, so I just told him to keep going. Oh, that's funny. And so they recorded that part, and it was, like, so iconic. Yeah. You know? It's, right. It just, like, that voice is, it's iconic, man. Oh, yeah. And I heard that, like, he did all that for a joint. Yeah, that's crazy, man. You said that. You're like, you paid in a joint? <laughs> like, okay, dude. That's like, funny. You know they were all smoking. Right. You know they all had to be well, to deal with that kind of shit. I would be. Toby's hopping a hooper, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Gunnar Hansen actually almost passed out and died from heat exhaustion. Oh, it's fucking hot in Texas. You ever been out dude, there? Dude, well, and he was wearing that fucking mask, man. Oh, dude, yeah, I can only imagine. And, like, he was, like, delirious, and he couldn't... He didn't know where he was or what he was doing, and someone actually had to help him and, like, give him water and shit like that. Because they were working long hours. Right. Was it Toby Hooper that also also played the old guy and the, 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 the father? No. No, there was some 18-year-old kid that did the the old man. Okay. Yeah, I heard it was... Sorry, so... I was getting confused with... Uh, no, a lot of people okay. thought Franklin was... One of the guys. Okay. Yeah. But I heard the guy that was in the old age makeup said he wasn't going to do it more than once. Yeah. When they were doing the makeup, it took like 10 hours. Right. To put the makeup on because they were turning an 18-year-old into an old man. Yeah. So after 10 hours of him putting up with that, they were like, well, we're going to have to do this tomorrow. And he was like, uh, no. <laughs> we're going to shoot all my scenes. Yeah, we're going to shoot all my scenes. And then they even had to cut some of his scenes from the script because they didn't have them anymore. Right. So they were like, fuck, what do we do? So they shot for 27 hours straight, dude. Oh, man. 27 fucking hours during that whole dinner scene and everything. Yeah. And people were literally losing it. Like, no joke. They were getting delirious. Gunnar Hansen was even saying that some actors try to do method, and he was like, I couldn't. He's like, I had to not be method with this guy because even in that that whole scene in the the dinner and everything, I started losing it. Yeah. Because he was like, you should kill her or something like that or whatever. And then he started thinking about it like because he was just so losing his mind because they were working so long hours and they were so tired and angry and frustrated. So it was interesting like to hear that. That whole fucking scene was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. 
speaking of Franklin again, just to bring this back up, as another thing that they brought up, do you know the part where Franklin's like got the sausage in his mouth? Yeah, yeah. So they were sitting there laughing about this in the commentary. It was so funny, dude. I was cracking up. Some of the commentary in the old commentary for the fucking movie is fucking great, dude. Yeah. Um, they were like talking about, oh, yeah, that was a sausage in his mouth. And he was like, well, it could be something else, too. <laughs> and he was like, are we even allowed to say stuff like that? He was like, oh, fuck it. He's like, <laughs> like, yeah, dick. He's had a dick in his mouth. <laughs> I was cracking up, dude. I was like, God damn, dude. They really got it out for this guy, man. Oh, he must have been super annoying. Yeah. And and the funny thing is, is that when they were doing the process of like hiring people and like trying to get them to act and cast in this roles, they were all sitting back there and they had Gunnar Hansen come in. He wasn't sure he was going to get the job, but he kept bugging them, I guess. And then they hit him back and they were like, yeah, come on back in. And he walked through the door and they were like, are you crazy? And he was like, no. It was like, are you insane? It was like, no. It's like, but I can if you want me to. And then and then they signed the papers and he was like, pointed at Gunnar Hansen, Toby did, and he was like, I knew I knew I knew I wanted you from the minute you walked through that door frame and covered the entire door frame. He was like, I wanted you immediately. And he was like Gunnar Hansen was like, Great, I guess we'll all kinds of talent just went out the door just <laughs> based on my looks, you know. Right. But uh I don't know, I thought that was really funny. Did you know that he had, like, Leatherface actually had three masks in the film? Did he? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I knew he had two at least, because one was the mother mask, and then he had the... the grandma mask. Right. Well, there was the grandma mask, where he was, like, cooking, and it was like... Right. And then they're sitting at the dinner table, and he's wearing that black wig. Which is the mother with, mask. Yeah, where he puts on the makeup and yeah, shit yeah, on yeah. it. There was actually a scene that they cut out where he was applying more makeup. Oh, really? So it was like getting progressively worse as they as the dinner <laughs> went on. But I, then, then there was the original traditional mask that he wears in the very beginning. Right. I heard he was actually supposed to have some actual speaking lines, or not so much speaking lines, but somewhat. Well, Gunnar Hansen was, or Toby, I can't remember, was saying that supposedly like the character Leatherface was like empty inside. He was like void of personality. So he put on these masks to have a personality. Right. Which is kind of almost like what Rob Zombie did stole from from Texas Chainsaw Massacre to put on Michael in a way. Yeah. Where the different mask he would make. Right. Like, yeah. like that just shows you his love for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know right. what I mean? Like Rob Zombie. It's one of those magic things that doesn't happen so often. You know what I mean? In filmmaking. And everybody just tries to copy it and just, they can't recreate that magic. Yeah, it's well, I mean, there was a lot of things that fell into place. There was people that quit the job that were there and just like couldn't stand it and were like, fuck this, you know, it's so fucking right. hot. Like, I can't fucking handle this. So they just left, you know, like there's I'm sure there's a lot of turmoil. Oh, yeah. You know, behind the scenes. I mean, there is here. So why wouldn't there be there? You know what yeah. I mean? Especially when you're in the hot fucking soaking sun. You know, the scene where the uh, Leatherface drops the saw on his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he cuts his leg open. It's like this big big deal you know which is probably the only second part of gore that we've seen in this movie do you know they real used a real chainsaw in that whole movie no in the whole movie a lot yeah they were they were legitimately cutting through doors through trees and all kinds of shit with that fucking saw man wow like it was like legit there was no safety going on there (laughs) not like they should have you know right there was even a scene where uh Gunnar Hansen was saying that he couldn't see out of the mask very well and he fell back and threw the fucking chainsaw up in the air and it landed by his head. Oh shit. It scared the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, I bet, dude. You know, like that's some crazy shit, man. But they the the leg scene where he cuts his leg open, all they did is they put a really thick piece of um metal, like a metal plate underneath his leg. Under and, his leg, yeah. his pant leg, and it heated up so hot from the from the saw hitting it that he thought he actually got hit like he actually cut his leg oh shit so when he's like grabbing his leg like that he really thinks he's like he really thought he was hurt oh wow so he just kind of like got up and like was dedicated you know what i mean right so i thought that was kind of interesting you've been talking about all the sound recording in the movie Mm mm-hmm do you know who actually worked on it? No, who? You know a little movie by the name of Terrorvision? No shit. The director, Ted Nicolau, actually was the sound, uh, did sound recording. 
Wow. For the movie. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, and in uh, in the commentary, there was like, you know, it was Daniel Pearl, Gunnar Hansen, and Toby Hooper, and the old one. This is in the 40th anniversary edition. And then, fast forward to future, like, I think it came out in 2014, the 40th anniversary one. They did, um, it was Daniel Pearl, Toby Hooper, and Ted Nicolau. Wow, cool. So I didn't get to listen to that one. I thought it was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. I'd actually like to watch that and listen to what he had to say. Yeah, it's, I was watching it with Christina, and she was laughing with me. It was pretty funny, man. Like, just the old one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The old one was really good, man. I figured if I'm going to listen to one of the two commentaries, I'm going to listen to the one with Gunnar Hansen, man. Yeah. Like 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's... Why would you listen to anything else? Right? But now we can talk about our favorite scenes, Patrick. All Even right. though you've already divulged some, I've already yeah. divulged some. Well, of course, every, one of everybody's favorite scene. I mean, we've already divulged this, but it's definitely the iconic guy getting whacked in the head with a mallet. I mean... That is probably by far the best scene and, in the whole fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not your favorite scene... I don't know what fucking movie you're watching. <laughs> I just don't. Well, I don't know. You got to remember, like, I, I always think it's funny when I see, like, people who are like, so I finally saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Pfft, wasn't even cool, man. Like, I'm like, yeah, you edgelord, you fuck butt. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Like, no shit. You've watched, like, 70 movies that have tried to rip it off. Right. And mimic it. Like, that was the one that started That's the it, template right there. Yeah. That's the original. Like, of course you're not going to like it. So you have to appreciate it, though, for what it is. Right. Like, it's what started it all, you know? Like, And I think people who say shit like that look past all the stuff that you may see, like the cinematography and the music yeah, and the character development. People are like, oh, it wasn't a lot of blood, man. I don't know why. Yeah, people... that too. But, you know, they did the remake, which tried to go overboard, and we'll talk about what people thought of that right. after this. But... Yeah, I agree. I I don't know. I just think it's a I think it's a way better movie than I have given it credit over these years, you know. It wasn't one of the ones that impacted me the most at first. I think I saw some other movies that kind of surpassed it in some ways, like Edgelord wise, you know, like right. sort of like it went further. Yeah. So it wasn't as shocking to me cuz I was kind of late to the game a little bit. But it that's nostalgia, but I still really appreciate it. It still holds up to the day. Oh yeah. The amount yeah, yeah. of like panic and screaming and like just putting myself in that time frame where it was like, Whoa, this is fucking dark. Right. You know? <laughs> it was really fucking dark. But I think one of my favorite scenes besides the Franklin one was uh the scene where the girl finally thinks that she got to safety and she's happens upon that shack somewhere out in the woods or out in the thickets or you wanna call it. And uh it's the guy who owned the gas station. Oh, the Sidow? Uh, Sidow. No, yeah, Jim Sidow. Right. You know, she he goes out to get his truck, and she's kind of sitting there looking around, and then she sees, like, all the human body parts, like, roasting in the fucking smoke. Oh, after she freaked out? Right. And then he puts her in a bag and takes her in a truck. The whole, the cinematography, everything, when he's driving back to the fucking house with her in the fucking <laughs> sack and just poking her with the broomstick, I just... Yeah. It's well, a really great scene. You know, and right before that, too, he, like, he's, like, puts the bag on her and, like, hits her with the broomstick and everything, puts her in the car, and then he's, like, oh, shit, I left the light on. <laughs> like, that's like, the least of your worries. And son. then he's, like, yeah, I gotta, you know, every dollar counts when you're trying to make a buck, you know? Like, what? <laughs> but they were talking about that in the um, behind-the-scenes stuff or the, the commentary. They were saying that, like, this was during a time when it was, like, very capitalistic thing to think about like is your business and but it was just trying to normalize i think how, nor- how, how yeah and how normal this shit was for them right like it's so mundane right like they didn't care it wasn't like it it was like oh fuck i just caught a you know hamburger at the store like, <laughs> no, no big deal you know like my family comes from meat yeah um i would say do you remember all the headlights like or like the headlight scene there was a lot of headlight scenes you remember those Kind of, yeah, yeah. Like, which scene in particular are you well, talking about? Do you remember, like, there was one where she, uh, there was, like, uh, Franklin and her sister right in front of the car? Yeah. There was, like, a pair of headlights, and then there was another pair of headlights. No, I didn't notice the second pair. <laughs> oh, right over my head. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> God, dude, that girl... I don't know what it was, but it was so hot out. But man, like I couldn't, it wasn't like I was looking for it, but it was just like. Your titty girl. Yeah, her nipples <laughs> were poking through her shirt like the whole fucking movie, man. 
don't know why I just thought it would be funny to make a joke. <laughs> I, now I feel sad. I, I actually she had panda. I brought it up with Christina before I told you. So. <laughs> I like that joke. It went right over my fucking head. <laughs> Intentionally trying to make it stupid, but right. the whole grandpa dinner hammer scene. Oh, where he tries to hold on to the hammer and hit her in the head. Yeah, and they keep trying to, like, hit her in the head, and it's like, everybody's, like, there trying to fucking attack her, and, like, you're like, what is she gonna do? It was such a long part, and it was just like, what's gonna happen next? And then she breaks free. Yeah. And then goes upstairs, I think, and then jumps out the window. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was kind of cool. She just jumped out, like, Wee! Yeah, that's gonna work out. It was very a well. stunt double. You got right. Which I didn't she end up getting hurt too? Like she cut her. Yo, dude, bad. she when remember the scene you were talking about when she goes to the gas station and she's freaking out and she sees the meat. Right. The human meat, basically. Uh-huh. Um, she actually busted up her knees really bad. She was like bleeding. Oh, yeah. And... I yeah, I remember reading about that now. Yeah. All that blood that was on her is actually it was not set blood. No, that was that's real shit. Real blood. Like she yeah. really ripped her pants. Falling down and acting. They, like, put her through hell, man. Which is cool, because it worked out for the best in the end run. Right? Yeah, they said that one of the, on the one of the days where they were running through the forest, it was like a 70-foot stretch of woods, and they set up about 30, 40 uh, feet of, like, dolly track so that they could do different shots, and they would shoot on the left side of the track or the right side of the track, or right. fa- you know, like, to make it look cool so they were running through the woods. But it was, like, really not that long, but they made it seem a lot longer than it was. And she said that after she was running that whole fucking day and, like, cha- being chased by Gunnar Hansen, it was, like, really tiring. So oh, they, like, bet. lost her for, like, a day because she was like, that was just so much, man. Right. I actually <laughs> read that, uh, like, uh, Leatherface, Gunnar Hansen, had to slow himself down. Right. Because she was just not running fast enough. Yeah, she really had to. Well, he had to, like, kind of do some, like, cool chainsaw moves. Yeah, like hack up a tree while she's chasing it. Yeah, just to kind of fill in the gap a little bit because she needed to get away. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, so... But yeah, but those are all really great. The spinning scene. The, and there's a bunch of different scenes. Like the hook thing is fucking amazing. Like, how can you forget the hook? Right. It's... He puts the dude on a hook or the chick on a hook. Mm-hmm. That was the second one. That was the, 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 the one, the remake was the guy. Right. This was getting confused. Uh, I think another one of my favorite scenes, which is not gory by any means, but mm-hmm. it's one of those cinematography scenes where it's just like, wow, that's really beautiful, is when... Uh, they tell a little brother to go upstairs to get grandpa and you see her sitting in the chair and it goes to this above shot where it's looking down on a skeleton and her at the same time you remember that shot yeah 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 it's just such a beautiful shot dude it yeah is... that was kind of cool i think they said that they bought one skeleton from india oh yeah <laughs> to do that shot like really? no joke yeah that's great you know it's funny it always makes me think of the return of the living dead where they're in the fucking you need a supply fucking warehouse. Oh, with the can of zombies. And he was right? like, yeah, he was like, these are all skeletons. He was like, real skeletons? You know, he's like, yeah, perfect teeth stands for perfect teeth. <laughs> they all come in from India. I don't know, they must have these uh, skeleton castles or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you know, it just always reminds me of that because that's a legit thing. You have to get right. skeletons from India. So, that's crazy. I don't know, it's just kind of a weird. Yeah, it's weird little tidbit of nugget information. Nugget of knowledge, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like this movie. I'm, I'm really glad we got to watch it. Makes me want to watch like part two, like all oh, of the dude, movies. It makes me now. want to watch. It's gonna shoot up just like the Jason collection did. Now I'm gonna go look for the collection online. Right, it's gonna be like 150, 200 bucks. Well, I definitely need to get part two. Scream Factory put that out, so I want to get that. That's not the only movie we watched, now is it? No, we also watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the <laughs> the face off. <laughs> Get your face ready. Yeah, but this one came out in 2003. It was a remake. The story is a little different than the first one. They changed it up a little bit. It's like in an alternate universe. Well, it's a little, yeah, it's maybe like a, yeah, something. Well, it's the same, but not really. Smaller, different thing. Right. It's basically, they after picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends who were headed on a trip to see Leonard Skinnerd from Mexico, I guess, too. They went to Mexico or something. Right. They find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed, chainsaw-wielding killer and his family of equally psychopathic killers. Sounds weird. Yeah. This was directed by Marcus Nispel, who uh, actually used to make a ton of fucking music videos. Dude, his Greedy Fly video for Bush, like, the first time I saw that, I'm like, is this a fucking Marilyn Manson video? Right, like, what yeah. the fuck? 
I don't even remember that song, but I, I, I wa- we watched the video. Right. So it was kind of interesting to see. He did stuff for like Faith No More, Amy Grant, George Michaels, CNC Music Factory, tons of hip hop, all kinds of shit. And that's actually where he met Michael Bay because Michael Bay was doing that shit too. Right. And actually, Marcus Nispel actually started off in advertising. Some people would want their ads to look like a music video. So he would do it like a music video. And then some people who wanted to do a music video wanted to make it look like a commercial or, you know what I mean? So he was just like in that for a long, long, long time. He did a lot of fucking videos. Plus, he also directed the uh, Friday the 13th remake in 2009. Conan the Barbarian remake. He's like on a slew of remakes here. And he did quite a few others. But this was basically his directorial debut. Okay. So I guess he had been friends with Michael Bay. And then they sort of kind of worked well together because... Honestly, when you're doing these music videos, you're doing it on a very small budget, and you're doing it for fucking nothing. Yeah. And it's just like, you gotta do guerrilla-style fucking filmmaking. Yeah. You gotta do it the best you can. And they only had about $9.3 million to make a movie. No shit. Yeah. I think it only, it didn't make that much of a profit, though, did it? Well, we'll talk about that. Um, it actually ended up making $107.1 million off that 9.5 million that they got a budget for. Right. It was also written by Scott Kosar, who wrote the remake for The Crazies, which I actually like. Yeah, it was really good. He also did the Amityville Horror remake. Which is also still pretty good. It's not bad. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, I think, is what really saves that film. I thought it was good. I, I Yeah, I mean, I like the movie. I don't think it's it's like the original. No. It, but I still enjoy it. Like, I don't know why. You can really just see the change happen to him. It wasn't like, as scary to me. Right. But the change that he goes through was pretty crazy. Daniel Pearl actually returns for the cinematographer for this remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They got special uh, makeup effects. Uh, Scott Stoddard, he did the mask, and he would apply it to to um, the guy who played him. Andrew Brynjarski. Uh, who was Leatherface, obviously. Right. But he did the Leatherface mask for that. Uh, Grady Holder. It said that Greg Nicotero was involved in this, but I didn't see anything about that in the thing. So I don't know if it was just part of his KMB effects team yeah. that, like, did that. But, like, they showed any of the making of Featurette or whatever, like, that was, like, an hour long. They showed nothing of Greg Nicotero. And he's, so he's I don't not know. a hard guy to miss, either. Yeah, and I don't know if that just means that, like, IMDb's fucked. Or, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm so confused. Get your shit together, Internet. Because it says Greg Nicotero, Rocky Gare, Gary D. Barrand. But all I heard about was Gary uh, Grady Holder and Scott Stoddard. So, I don't know. They also had John Larroquette return for the narration because they tried, like, so many different other voices and they just couldn't figure it out. Right. They were like, it's just got to be John Larroquette, I guess. <laughs> He's still alive. Why not? Yeah. Let's uh, see if we could get him with a joint again. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think he wanted a lot more this time, and I don't blame him. Uh, it starred a lot of people who were kind of up and coming and kind of big, big names. Jessica Biel, who was uh, trying to break out of her, like, Disney-esque sort of, was like... She, what was that show? Seventh Heaven? Or was yeah, it she was in Dawson's Seventh Heaven. Creek? Yeah, Se- okay. she was in Seventh Heaven. All right. She was trying to break out of that, though. Right. So she was, like, all about it. She was like, yeah, I'll fucking go in a fucking horror movie. Like, I'm not a fucking Disney character or anything. You know, like, <laughs> fuck this shit. Uh, Eric Balfour, who was in Six Feet Under in Skyline. Jonathan Tucker was in this movie. He did The Ruins. He was in the Pulse remake for the Japanese uh, remake of the of Pulse. Oh, it was the ghost one, right? Where Yeah, it was, like, in dealing with, like, computers or some shit like right, that. Right, right, right. Uh... But he was essentially who played the Franklin part, in a way, which is the weird character sort of guy. Right. And he was even sitting in that chair, the same chair that, or in the same spot in the van that Franklin was in the original movie. So you think he's, like, crippled, like, and he's not able to walk. But then he just stands up suddenly after something happened, as I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was like, that's not true. What's this horse shit? Yeah. (laughs) Mike Vogel was in this movie, who you mentioned was in The Dome. The Dome, yeah, Barbie. Yeah, and he also was in Cloverfield as the love guy, the right. guy. Erica Learson, she was in The Blair Witch 2, Book of the Shadows. And Wrong Turn 2. Yeah, she was in Wrong Turn 2 and Mischief Night. Uh, Lauren German, who was the girl who killed herself, basically. Spoiler alert-ish. <laughs> Ish. Uh, she was also in Hostel 2, and she's in that Lucifer TV show as well. Ah. Uh. So... 
I, one of my favorites, of favorite character in the whole fucking thing, other than Leatherface, obviously, is R. Lee Army, who played Sheriff Hoyt, or supposedly the sheriff, and he was, uh, he was the guy that was in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, he's so great. Eat your goddamn donut! <laughs> What's your name, son? Private Pie! Yeah. <laughs> I Pile can't do his shit! shit. <laughs> Dude, I'll go into more detail about him, but I love that he was in it. And then, of course, uh, Andrew Binyarski, uh, who played Leather uh, Leatherface. We already mentioned the uh, box office totals and everything. What did you think about the movie, the remake? You know what? I thought that they did a pretty phenomenal job. It didn't disgrace the name by any means. I think they kept it alive. Uh, they definitely made it for a new generation. A little bit more bloodier. 100%, little, yeah. A little bit more grittier. Um, what you need to do. You can't just keep it that, like that. I really liked it. And, and like like you said, they got the, they did, made a right choice bringing back that same cinematographer. Because it, every shot is just perfection. Yeah. And you know what's funny about that whole story is that Daniel Pearl was like, I'm never going to do a, re, uh, a sequel for this. Right. Until what's-his-name asked him. And he was like, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, yeah but the I'll funny thing is, is that that Daniel Pearl and uh, the director Marcus uh, Nispel were working together on a bunch of different other projects, and he was like, hey, I'm going to be doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. You want to do it with me? And he was like, yeah, without even thinking about it. And he was like, wait a second, what did I just do? I, t- <laughs> I just, I told everybody I was never going to do this movie, but he was like, you know what? He's a good, He's I work with him all the time, and I got to do this movie. Right. So, but yeah, I think it was a good choice. Oh, for sure. And that making of we watched, dude, it's probably the best making of I've seen in a while. Really? Uh, well, I've seen way the, better. Than maybe not that. the best, but like it was nice to see that that from what you hear about the first one and it being absolute hell, and just right. seeing these young kids just have fun doing this movie together. Oh, it was hell for them too, man. I'm sure it was hell, but it it was in like, Texas. It was in the middle of you know right summer as summer. well. But it seemed like they were all in good spirits throughout the, the shoot. Yeah, well, Marcus Nispel, he definitely likes to keep a very live, active cast right. so that they're really into what they're doing. I, I thought it was a, a pretty decent remake, and it was before all these like classic remakes came out. Yeah, where it, it started was like, the train. And, yeah, yeah, it was like one of the first. Right. And and the funny thing is is that I, I thought it was interesting. The, re- the reason that this movie even got started to begin with is because Michael Bay made a fucking uh, teaser sort of thing that he was going to do that just had a black screen. You couldn't see anything. It was like nothing. And all you could hear is some girl rustling around, screaming and getting... Sounds like she's like trying to push stuff in front of the door. And then you just hear a male voice come up the stairs. And then there's silence for like four seconds. And then they bang on the door. And everybody in the theater jump. And then it just goes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And she starts screaming. And then, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And they got... 300 they got quarter of a million dollars just for that yeah fuck yeah dude <laughs> so i don't know i thought that was pretty crazy yeah and then i think they got some more funding from other shit or like their budget extended right so i don't know i think it's a noble attempt i think it did a good job um it, it definitely tries to have the heart of the original but yeah. i don't know that it, it it definitely has it i almost it's like almost seeing like it definitely doesn't spit in its face I think it was good. Yeah. I think I think you see I see it and I go, Oh, Rob Zombie's like first film. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it kinda Hey, I really like Some of the characters were really good, you know? Like I don't know. When did that come out? House of Thousand Corpses. Around the same time it was I think it was more like two thousand four. Yeah, it was probably before. But I don't know, it just felt like a Rob Zombie film, so maybe he was biting, Nispel was biting off of him, you know? He might have been biting off a of Rob Zombie to give it, like, that weird feel. He could have been. Because dude. Rob Zombie was biting off the original Chainsaw Massacre 1 and 2. Right, right. If Rob Zombie wants to do that, I'm not going to complain. Nah, whatever. It's, it's, it's not for me to decide. I haven't made a fucking movie. <laughs> right. Fuck do I care. <laughs> I, but I don't think it's a horrible remake. I think it's 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 definitely one of the ones that kicked off a bunch of other remakes. Take it for better or worse. I mean, like, whatever came out of that. There were some things in the movie that I thought they could have done without. It came out the same year, actually. Just to Really? came out in 2003. How weird. Just must have been the times. Well, not only that. Wait, wait, wait. If you what? Remember, How House, it, like, House of Cowboy came out in 2003. But if you remember, he had he went through a bunch of fucking bullshit with the people who were helping put this movie out. Okay. He, but I don't think they knew of each other in their thing that they were doing. Right. I don't think so. So I just, I just think that it was the 2000s. 
Yeah. Like, people were just going for that edge. Yeah, you're probably right. It was probably this. You know, I don't think it was as this. edgy as, like, Rob Zombie's stuff, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. But I felt like it was very similar in the characters that they chose. Yeah. You know, like, they were very unique characters. You're talking about, like, the... the the how they looked right no like all the family the family okay yeah like all of them talking about the kids because i was like no fuck the kids i'm talking about the fucking characters in the movie that were like part of the texas chainsaw massacre family all right they were all very weird and unique yeah christina and i thought that the i mean i'll kind of spoiler alert there's a baby in the movie (laughs) the whole thing with the baby was unnecessary well, I think it was the girl's baby who died in the opening scene. Right. That's what I had heard. Yeah, I mean, or that's what I figured out, I guess. But yeah, I don't know. I just think it was unnecessary. Like, we had already found pictures and, like, photos. I think it was just maybe a, a, just another cog in this machine just to kind of make her realize, like, oh, shit, these, this family's fucked up, too. This is part of the same fucking people. Right. Well, it, I, I mean, it was kind of cool when she went into the... Uh, camper to run away from fucking Leatherface. Leatherface yeah. and she's like they're like, Oh child, it's all right. Everything's all right. <laughs> make you some tea. I'll make you some you want some tea? Here, drink your tea. <laughs> you know, and then the the they they were choosing between the younger girl and the bigger girl. Right. And then they just said, fuck it, we're going to take them both. They, yeah, they just took them both, and they it worked out great, I think. Yeah, they're great character actors. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think it was uh, it was definitely going for more gore. Yeah. But it wasn't even that gory of a movie, like, when you think about it. Like, there's some gore in it, but I don't think it's, like, super gory. I would say, you know, I think it kind of stayed in the same vein as the original as far as gore goes, but maybe pushed it a little bit further. Right. But yeah, there wasn't like gobs of blood everywhere. But in the first one, there was not a lot of blood at all. Right. So I mean, like this one was like, let's amp it up, you know, like let's kick everybody in the fucking face with it. <laughs> and some people were kind of turned off by it because the simplicity of the first one was so impressive that right. they didn't have to do all of that in order to scare people. They were just able to just fucking come out the gate like a fucking demon. Right. Well, with a unique idea like that, I mean... I don't think he's wrong for choosing to make it gory. I'm just saying that I think that's that's why people got upset. Probably. I'm fine with the gore. I didn't really care. Yeah, me either. They even cut a lot. As long as you don't make it like a snuff film, I don't care. Yeah, it's funny too because when they sent in the first uh, cuts and everything like that, they had preemptively trimmed a lot of the stuff because they thought that it wouldn't pass for the for the, the board, ratings ratings board yeah. yeah and so he was like kind of he even he said he was like i was kind of young and naive i didn't really know that they were going to be more accepting of the stuff that i put in because i actually didn't need to remove it oh wow a lot of that some yeah. of it they did need to some of it they didn't but they could have kept it in r lee ermy was fucking on point phenomenal dude. dude did you know that he made up most of the lines in yeah, that movie he, he yeah fucking Right off the top of his head, dude. I thought that was fucking awesome. They, like, rewrote the script just so he could kind of do it. But he's just got this sort of swagger about his crazy that's so fucking good in this movie. He just keeps, like, turning the dial up and up and up. And he says he'll do that until the director tells him to stop. Yeah. He says never, not one director has ever told him it was too much. Well, I, I think he was supposed to replace Jim Seidel character. Right. The old man, technically. Or not right. the old man, but the the, the brother. The brother, or pretty much the head of the family. He not was the so one that was the, the cook. He was the cook in the original one. Right. He was supposed to replace him. And the, the thing that was good about him, Jim Seidel versus Arlie Ermy, was that Jim was more, like, you didn't, he was kind of like, they called him benign. Like, everything about him was very benign. But he could switch into this right. dark character really quick. Whereas Arlie Ermy was more of a dick right off the fucking bat. But it kind of worked for that film. Yeah. And yeah. I really loved him in that part. Oh, There's so many good, <laughs> good parts scenes. with him in it. Like, all of the best parts are really with him. Yep. I really think so. Like, No, I totally agree. I, think, I don't think that movie would have been anywhere near as decent as it is without him. Right. 
But, you know, some people didn't like that switch, you know, where he was just a dick right off the bat. But it was really uncomfortable, and I thought that that was kind of unique and interesting that he kind of did that. Yeah. He just got into the character so well. Like, just making people, like, I think one of the scenes, and I'll just, this is, this is a minor thing, but he's like, you mind getting the fuck out of my way? <laughs> oh, yeah, when he's going into the van. Excuse me, sir, you mind getting the fuck out of my way? <laughs> Yeah, you busted up laughing hardcore with that game. <laughs> uh, and then he's like, oh, I used to wrap these up when I was in my young patrolman days. Wrap some of these honeys up myself. Sometimes I catch a feel. <laughs> oh, she's wet down here. What have you boys been doing with this corpse? Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> oh, man. So, I mean, like, it may not be the original, but it, I think it's okay. Yeah, no, it it definitely has its own place. Uh, it's not better than the original by any means. I'm not saying that, but it is a good movie, and it's hard to believe that Michael Bay's name is attached to it. Right. Sorry, Michael Bay, but you ruined fucking Transformers for me. So suck a dick. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't hate Michael Bay, but yeah, it's like explosions, and you know, like <laughs> right. everybody always makes that assumption about him. You know what I mean? But they still, he just still churns out money, man. Yeah. He shits gold bars, dude. Like he's the golden goose. Yep. Like, no matter what you say, he's going to keep on pumping out movies until nobody wants to buy him anymore. And obviously, you motherfuckers are going to watch it anyway. But this was long before, a little bit before, like, Transformers and shit like that got too big, right? Yeah, because I want to say Transformers. No, it was big because I was only here, I think I, I think it was like 2001. What year did Transformers come out? Because this is a good question. 2007. So, yeah, this is before he got ultra big on that remake dick. Yeah, but either way, I don't want to just hate the man for everything, you know what I mean? No. Like, I've, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed the first Transformers. I, I had too. no problem with it at all. I had no problem with the first Transformers. Okay, well then, we'll just leave it at that. In order to make the sets and everything like that, they had to, like, find a house and a location. And locations were at two different places, two or three different places, actually, across the state. And two of them were in cotton gins. Right. The house that they found had so much black mold. It was like hadn't been lived in in decades. The one with the pillars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to go in and actually seal everything, right? Yeah, well, no. They actually had to get somebody in to treat the fucking mold to kill it. Right, right. And then they loved the look of the mold, so they just like sprayed over plastic over it to kind of keep the look. Yeah, the ceiling or whatever they Yeah, used. because everything was all ratty and fucked up. Like, so they kept it because they were like, this is perfect. <laughs> like, it was better than the set design could have done. Right, exactly. <laughs> it saved them money, I bet. Yeah. I thought it was really kind of interesting. Um, do you remember the slaughterhouse scene? Yes. Where Jessica Biel's character is like hiding in the... In the big slab of beef. Yeah, in the big slab of beef. Exactly. Did you know that they had the cow corpses that were real? They weren't fake. Right. They were all fake, or they were all real. They had to use a real meat packing plant in order to shoot that scene. And if you notice in the film, guys, everyone that's listening, they put plastic over everything except for her piece. And that was the slab that the that the movie people bought. Right. So that she could hide in it. But here's the kicker. She's a vegetarian. <laughs> so she's fucking petrified of this shit. Like it she said she would rather see dangling dead hum- bodies. Yeah. Human bodies <laughs> than to fucking hide inside of a carcass of a dead animal. So she was like tripped out, but she did it anyway because she's a trooper. Right. And she had to break out of her Disney phase. <laughs> Which was an amazing scene. I love I love it when he cuts through that slab of beef. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Did you know that Jessica Biel's like with Justin Timberlake? Is she? That's his wife. Oh, way to go, fucking! <laughs> I'm gonna say Jessica Biel because you got, I mean, you got the better, you know. I don't know. You talk. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. That are you like catching Jessica your, Biel? Are you catching yourself because you're worried Kelly's gonna listen? Is that what it is? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> she, she got the better deal because Justin Timberlake can get whatever the fuck he wants. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she does something like in business we don't know about. Oh, I don't know. you don't know. I don't know. I'll make shit up. I'm not making shit up. <laughs> you know, Mike Vogel, the the blonde hair guy who played kind of the dick. Yeah. He was uh during the scene where they put him up on the hook that I was mentioning a little bit earlier, he had to be in a harness for four five hours, guys. Five fucking hours. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, dude. And, and they like, were so bad that they said that they wanted to take him down, right? Yeah, it was like chafing him and hurting him and he was in like a lot of pain while he was hanging there right. for five hours and they were like, Do you want to get down? 
you want to get down? We'll take you down right now. And he was like, if you take me down, I'm not going to get back up. Right. I would have been the same way. Like, just fucking shoot it. We're in it. Let's do it. Yeah, just get it over with, guys. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Like, you're paying me, cutting your hair? What are you fucking doing? Like, you know, <laughs> I would have been mad. But yeah. You send that makeup lady over here one more fucking time. <laughs> well, another really cool, interesting fact that they did in this movie is that the chainsaw noises that they made, they actually added bear growls to help thicken out the sound a little bit. Did they use another animal as well? Wasn't I it? think so, but I couldn't remember what it was. I just remember hearing him say the bear growl. Right. So that it would give this roar. And it does. And it, it does. It, it sounds a really big good. Impact, yeah. Well, a really funny little thing that I think is kind of cool and silly is that Eric Balfour stripped naked on rap. Oh, yeah. He's like, you guys could have your clothes back. Yeah, dude. And they show the scene. They were like, he was like, yeah. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I'm just going to head, go ahead and take off my set clothes because I don't fucking need these anymore. So you can go ahead and take them all off. And everybody's like, what the fuck? So he like got completely naked. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> He's a wild man, huh? Oh, man. He's a good actor, and I do hope they come out with another Skyline. They are coming out with another Skyline, and guess who's going to be it? Frank Grillo. Really? Yeah, he was in the Purge, Anarchy. Yeah. And uh, Election Day. Hmm. He's going to be in it. As, like, the main... I don't know what how it's connected. It looks a little wonky to me. Like, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I just want to see him rip shit up as an alien. Tell me that story. I don't know what's going to happen, man. I don't think they got the budget that they wanted. Yeah. Because I don't think the first one did that well, but I really like Skyline. I don't I know do why. Too. Like, it's not a perfect movie, but I, there's so many cool elements in it that it really I do is. like. So I can't hate the whole fucking thing. I just don't think it's a great movie. I just think it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes in the whole fucking movie has nothing to do with Leatherface. It's literally Jessica Biel getting in the fucking car and running over R. Lee Ermey. Oh, like dude. three fucking times, dude. So great. I was like, yes! Like, I fucking love when they do that in movies, man. What was the other movie they did that in again? Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, yep. yeah. They just, like, I think they did that like 10 times in that yeah. movie. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. I was like, yeah. I stood up in the theater for Jeepers Creepers for did that. You? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> so excited. I was like, I don't know what it is, but it's like, yeah, fuck that, dude. Like, I'm not going to fuck around. Like, Hit once you hit him, it's not over. Like just keep going, man. Like just get wild. Right, that's what I think when people shoot somebody and they drop just, down and they're dead. And they're like, why don't yeah. you just walk up to him and empty your clip into his face? Just drive over his head and pop his head like a pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> pop his head like a fucking pumpkin, and she's like screaming. She's like, "Fuck, Fuck you!" you! Uh, uh, I have to say, one oh, of my favorite scenes. It's not my favorite scene. God damn it. I just realized it. Fuck what, you. All right. He might he might be mad because I might be taking a scene now. But it's it, all right. One of my favorite scenes, and we got good taste, so, you know, all whatever, right. is uh, when uh, they're escaping the house, when they're going back into yes. the house to look for her, her boyfriend or whatever with the other friend, the dick, which I don't remember the character's name. It's so bad with character names. So they ended up running out of the house when Leatherface is chasing him and they're going through all the clothes oh. and he gets his fucking leg cut off. Yeah, that's a pretty cool scene. But that's not the, the scene I really like is when he throws him over his shoulder like a fucking, like a fuck meat. It's like a big right. hunk of meat and just takes him down to the cellar and he fucking puts salt on it and then he wraps it up in butcher paper. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's yeah, it was favorite. all like, like weird with it. Well, I'm really glad that you said that was one of your favorite scenes because... Actually, the best scene in the entire fucking movie was the single shot where they had the girl who blew her brains out. Oh, of course. Of course. And then fucking the brains go out the back window. The camera, as they're horrified and screaming, backs up. You see her head fall back. And then they all run out of the car and the camera is still on the crane. It's like this single shot. Fucking awesome dude like that is such a great shot and i've seen other movies do similar stuff like that like i think around that time the movie uh versus that we watched right did something similar like that where he punched him through the head not as elaborate as that no that, that is way more elaborate, elaborate yeah 
they had to try it like so many times. They thought they weren't going to be able to do it, and they, they still said they, did it. They, after I think they did what like ten takes. That yeah, it eventually just became like something. a dance that they just knew what to do. Right. So I I don't know. I'm glad it came. That shot is so good. It's the yeah, like you said, it's the money shot. It's what sells this movie. Yeah. I mean, I came in my mouth. <laughs> and yours a little. I think you have some of your beard. Yeah, there was some residual from that. <laughs> what else? <laughs> what else do you got? Do you got anything else? Uh, uh, well, I think my other favorite scene has to be when he's on the hook in the in uh, the basement. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the one I was, we were talking about, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a great scene. Well shot, well lit. I like his feet, the little touch on of, the piano, on the piano oh, keys. God. I thought that was kind of cool. I almost want to sample that and put it in a song. I mean, <laughs> all in all, I mean, I think it's not a bad, as bad a movie as they give it. I think it's got like a thirty-eight percent or four point five on really? on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic. I think that's kind of low. I think it's way low. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's that low. Bad. Like I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, when you when you touch people's nostalgia, they get a little weird, man. Oh, yeah. It's like touching your kid. No, you're like, don't touch my kid, dude. I, like I don't have a kid, but I imagine if I had one, like I wouldn't want people to touch it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but I mean, it did play along the same tropes as the first movie did. Like I said, it's basically the first movie in another dimension. Yeah, it hits a lot of the same cinematography, uh, the same beats. But you know, that's because you know. Daniel it. Pearl is on the board. Right. But yeah, they, they, they paid a lot of homage to some of the stuff. And there was even a, I heard that in the original movie, the guy who was driving the car, who I didn't mention in the in the actor's list, I can't think of his name offhand, he was complaining about the heat. Oh, yeah? So bad. So in the, in the new one, Eric Balfour's driving, and he's like, they're like, hey, can you kick out the air conditioner back here? And he just hits it a couple of times. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> this is like a fan <laughs> yeah and it's like i think that was kind of a jab or something i don't know why but i feel like that was kind of a jab but even though it's not right i don't know i still think it's a good movie i think it's probably more of like a six or a seven probably a seven more than anything i think a seven is, is i can rewatch this movie and have no problem rewatching it at all like i've seen worse fucking uh fucking texas chainsaw massacre sequels right than this i'm gonna go home tonight and probably watch the beginnings and go to bed. <laughs> oh, you want to watch the beginning? No, it was the the second movie they came out with after uh, this last one. Yeah, but there was three. I did not see that one. I thought there was another one. Maybe I'm getting confused. See, but I haven't been tra- following this this whole thing Either for a while. I, like, I haven't watched... I don't even think I... Well, I've seen the beginnings, but it's been such a long time that I have no idea what happens. Right. In the movie. Well, I want to watch part two. I want to watch all of them, you know, all the way up. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't want to watch that plus, one again just because of... Uh, plus, it's a good thing that we watch these because the new Leatherface is coming out soon. Yeah. That's uh, the director of Inside, which I'm kind of curious is a brutal fucking movie. So, I'm kind of hoping that it'll be all right. Yeah. I'm okay with it, him directing and knowing that he's doing it, but there's been a little bit of trouble with that movie. Just announcing it. Right. I think they were using, like, I don't know. We'll see how it is. It's supposed to be, like, kind of like Halloween was, like the remake. Oh really? So where they like, tell him like from when he's like a boy? He's a child, yeah. That's what I heard. Like it's gonna dip into that. I don't know how much. Maybe just like very briefly in the beginning. Maybe just a couple spots that you just know about already. Right. I think if they started to try to do it that way, but who knows? Maybe it'll be like really dark. I know, but you know how that goes when you you read too much into a character, it kind of loses his. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not the same movie. Right. You don't want to lose too much mystique. Well, now, let's break down the two. What do you think? What if you, you had to pick one... The original the all day. Yeah. All I, day, I, every I'm day. I'm with you on that. I like the new one. I think the new one does some really cool stuff. But in the end, they bu- they put lightning in a bottle. Right. So much that it became a classic movie compared to Night of the Living Dead, even. Right. Um, and I know, like, you know, some people like those movies, some don't. Christina doesn't like Dawn of the Dead. The original. The original, though? And I'm day? like, she was like, yeah, the, the new one's way better. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that is back. like the best movie of right. the, all of them. Like, what are you talking about? But yeah, she's, but she's, you know, she was probably a little late to that game. Right. So she probably saw the new one first. But that's okay. You know, I still kind of love her. <laughs> God, if I have to. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, you, do guys got, you guys got bills. So. I love you, baby. But I don't know. Yeah, I would have to say the first one, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's you cannot compare the two in that sense. You can look at enjoy both of them, 
But if it's going to be down to the two, in my opinion, I like the old one. I like the original. Right. Because it was just so raw and real. And for its time, that was... If I could go back, I want... I, the audience was probably, like, petrified, dude. Right, dude. You know? Like, yeah. Like, imagine if that movie, like... It'd be so shocking to so many people because it's like I don't know. I don't. People were not used to seeing shit like there that. There wasn't dude. a lot of movies around like that. No, no, and that hit like the mainstream, dude. Like, right. So I don't know. I definitely. I think. Uh, I think they're both good. I know some people hate the remake just because it's a remake. Lighten up a little. There's some good stuff in it. Just because there's a lot of bad, like overall bad, doesn't mean that there's not some redeeming value. What in was the your remake. favorite part of the movie? Was it? Of what? Oh, well, this everything out of the movie, of the new movie. What was your absolute favorite piece? It could oh, be the like... headshot, like the fucking suicide thing. Yeah. That was amazing. That was a great shot. That was like phenomenal and it looked real as fuck. I would have to say it's either that or just Leatherface himself. Man, he is scary as fuck in that movie. I don't know, man. I, I couldn't really get into him that much. No? He's a hawking beast and I'm not trying to say that who you know andrew who who acted as him is did a bad job or anything but i just i'd have to go with gunner hansen if i had to compare the two i, I don't know i just like i like his brutal take on him yes. i do like of course gunner hansen's take on him oh really but <laughs> i'm just giving you shit but yeah there was something about that look the way that lip was pulled up you know well yeah they 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 had more time to think about it but right. like for its originality i think still i still think gunner hansen's movements he designed the character he is the reason that leatherface oh, sure. is anything and i'm just any... talking about my favorite thing out of, sure. out of that movie this the aesthetic look of leatherface was great i don't know i think he was more childlike in the first one well yeah obviously i think uh what was it um he gave him creative control over leatherface of course under his supervision but he was like you know make it your own character toby hooper yeah and he actually he went to a i think a a, a mental asylum or somewhere that people who had special needs right just to see how they interacted and shit like that because that was in the first one right the first movie I'm yeah talking about the first movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and he kind of like based it off that like how he had like mental illness and apparently people who have a mental illness well in the, stuff in the commentary seen, right he called it a retard school Oh, no way. I know. I was like, well, that must have been really old. Yeah. I know that he's not a bad person or anything, but... It was a different I was, time. Me and Christina were like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't do that nowadays. You but know? if a pair of people who've seen his performance who are mentally handicapped sure, said yeah. that he did a fucking phenomenal job. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're both really good movies. I definitely think the original is going to win this one out, guys. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think the... Do you like the original versus the other one? Do you like them both? Do you hate both of them? Do you hate one of them? Which one's the best to you? Sound off in the comments for us below. Now... To close this out, we are going to be coming back next week to do something different. I was thinking maybe we should do class, class of 1984 and Class of 1999, and maybe even the sequel to Class of 1999, but I wouldn't mind doing those. Well, I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll I, talk about I think it. we should watch We're, those movies. We'll probably end up doing that. It's been a while since I've seen them. That's my bid. But, guys, we will be back next week to talk about quite a few things. In fact, we're going to have uh, one of our friends come on for the next uh, Monday episode for next week. Uh, and that's going to be Brittany, our friend Brittany. And she's a special effects person. She does a lot of, like, design and uh, special effects as well as, like, painting and all kinds of really cool stuff. She's a lot of fun. So she's going to be on visiting with us. And I'm super excited to have her on. Uh, she's one of my good friends here in town, and I think you'll get along with her great, dude. Cool. So, but, uh, but yeah, guys, definitely tune in next week. We'll be here. Thank you so much for coming by. Don't forget to put your name in the BTV VIP club on the longlivethevoid.com website that we have. If you want free shit, seriously, <laughs> free shit, free money, okay? All you got to do is hold your hand out. <laughs> and we'll give it to you. Yeah, we'll give it to you, motherfuckers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh. But yeah, no, thank you guys so much for stopping by. Have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you next time. Tune in every Monday for a brand